Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to our devotionals. Now, today, obviously, is Good Friday. It's the Friday before Easter Sunday, and it's the day where traditionally Christians have remembered uh, the death side of uh, Easter. You know, obviously, Easter is about the death and resurrection of Christ, and so we tend to focus on the death, the crucifixion, the torment. The, the humiliation of Christ on Good Friday. But the verse that we come to in 1 Thessalonians today is the same one that Andy did yesterday, which is rejoice always. And so a question I have is, well, how do we consider Good Friday? How, does, how do we consider Jesus on the cross? How did Jesus himself consider it whilst being obedient to this command? Was, so I mean, I titled this, did Jesus disobey this command? Did Jesus disobey the command to rejoice always because he was in agony towards the cross? And I just want to explore that concept of the mourning and the, the kind of somber nature of the day, but with this uh, Christian identity as being the rejoicing people. And part of the problem, I think, is that often when the Bible tells us to rejoice, we take that joy or rejoicing uh, to basically mean put on a brave face and suck it up. Maybe you disagree with me, but I think that's often how we think of it. So in James, where it says to uh, it says, uh, consider it all joy when you go through various trials, for you know that um, suffering increases um, perseverance. Well, we often take that as just put on a brave face as you go through trials because it produces perseverance. And I think part of the problem, why we think of it like this, is because we think of uh, joy, not in the way that the Bible talks about it, but in the way that the philosophy of our culture has been formed. What do I mean by that? I think I might have talked about this before in our devotionals, but in the 1800s, there was a a philosopher, a very influential philosopher, called uh, Immanuel Kant. He He was a German. And he wanted to build a philosophy that didn't uh, that was entirely from what he called natural law, natural revelation, what you can see from creation. And so he didn't want to bring in anything supernatural creation like the Bible. It was all from reason. And one of the things that he got to through his reasoning was that um, for you to do a good action, for an action to be good, there must be nothing in it for you. So if you are wiping the floor because you know someone is paying you to wipe the floor, it ceases to be a good action. If you're wiping the floor in the hope that once you've finished, someone's going to come up to you and say, thank you so much for doing that, pat on the back. If you're doing it because that's what you're hoping from it, it's not a good action. That was his view. Now, unfortunately, I think Christians have basically bought into this wholesale we have let that kind of decide our view on what's good and what's bad we uh, have put such an emphasis on not seeking a reward that we now kind of see it as though it's if I get anything from it 
that's uh, bad. But one of the things, one of the problems that we have with that is one of the things that the Bible keeps telling us to do. One of the reasons it uh, encourages our obedience and our pressing into God isn't simply so you are obedient and good to God. It's for us to get joy from it, that there is something in there uh, for us. There's joy to be had in it. And I think one of the problems is people have kind of split apart the concept of God and the concept of joy. But if we're Christians, what we're saying is the most supreme joy there possibly could be is God. And so therefore, as we pursue God, we are inherently pursuing joy. If we are to pursue God, we are pursuing joy. So as Christians, what we're not saying is pursuing happiness is bad. What we're saying is pursuing things that don't give lasting happiness is bad. We want to pursue the source of all true joy, Jesus himself, God himself. And so when Paul tells us to rejoice always, he's uh, he's pushing us in that direction. And so how do we think of this when it comes to something like suffering and trials? Do we just avoid trials? Should Jesus really have gone, no, actually, I'm not going to bother with the cross because I want to pursue joy? Well, actually, no, sometimes the joy is not just a brave face. There is joy, but it's to be found through those trials. The way to move from a state of uh, some joy to a state of lots of joy is often quite painful. And that's another kind of paradox that the Bible gives us. You know, there's there's plenty of um, paradoxes we could talk about in the Christian life. You know, the way up is down. The one who wants to be the leader must be the servant. The king of all creation became a wiggling baby. You know, there's the Christian life is full of these paradoxes, and this is one of them. Sometimes in the pursuit of, uh, of more joy than we have at the moment, we have to sacrifice the amount of joy that we have right now. We have to lay it aside. And so when we come to think about Jesus, for instance, and his pursuit of the cross, I mean, just bear this in mind. Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. The Bible says many times that he's the one who made creation. And so what that means is this. Jesus was so intent on dying on that cross to save his people that he is the one who planted the very tree he would die on. Let's just let's just say that again. Jesus was so intent on getting on that cross to die for his people that he is the very one who planted the tree that he would die on. He is the one who caused that tree to grow. That's a profound thought. And not only that, but he uh, is obedient on his journey to it. It, it says in, in Mark's gospel that as they're walking towards um, Jerusalem, he's further ahead from the rest of the crowd. He's uh, from the rest of his disciples. He's actually um, get, getting some pace on because he knows what's waiting at Jerusalem. He knows that there's pain to come, but there's joy to be had on the other side. Jesus goes through the agony of the cross and we should never underestimate the agony of the cross. I won't go into detail, but if you read accounts in the ancient world of, of what the cross, of just how horrible it is, the pain of just hanging there wasn't it. I mean, bear in mind, as I say, I won't go into detail, but you had birds landing on you that thought, well, here's a, here's a tasty treat. You had your all your organs being weighed down, your bones are breaking, you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're being um, constantly burnt by the sun. It is the most 
excruciating and that word itself excruciating is a is a latin word meaning from the cross excruciatus crux meaning cross it's excruciating agony and jesus does that because he is pursuing joy hebrews 12 says this we look to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross for the joy that is set before him he endured the cross that's the that's the image there jesus isn't just going because he thinks well the father's told me to and i need to he knows there is supreme joy to be had i mean yeah you could say there's joy to be had in obeying the father that's true however you cut it the message is this jesus isn't just there going i really wish i wasn't doing this but let's just get it done he's doing it knowing that there is more joy on the other side than there is if he were to stay where he was he is pursuing joy and in the same way we should be relentlessly pursuing joy because to relentlessly pursue joy is to relentlessly pursue god the source of all joy to be obedient to him to build our life on him the the image i think of when i think about this concept of jesus going to the cross uh, and, and that concept of to get more joy than was what was previously had means to go through pain. I think of uh, just over a year ago when I was in the hospital with Anna and I'm seeing my wife in um, in terrible pain. You know, she's going through the most pain she's ever gone through on her life. And yet it's pain for the sake of joy. It's pain with a purpose. The joy that is had on the side of having Evangeline is greater than when she was just a bump. I mean, she's currently just, uh, as in Evangeline, not Anna, she's just playing in, in the lounge with her, and I can just see her with her toys. And the joy I have as a father is to just see that there. And I, I realized I wasn't the one going through that pain that Anna was, but nonetheless, it's still my wife that I'm seeing in agony, but she's going through the pain because she knows joy is on the other side. And so on this Good Friday, I think it's really helpful for us to set that in its context, to set that Jesus is not only our uh, model in terms of his obedience to God, his relentless uh, pursuit of what God has commanded him to do. And that, of course, is a model for us. We should want to obey in the manner of Jesus. But also the other way that he's a model for us is that his relentless pursuit of joy, even enduring the cross for joy. And so I think we as Christians need to be relentless joy pursuers. You know, the, the fruits of the spirit are, you know, patience. Yeah, I want to I want to be a patient Christian. Um, self-control, I want to be self-controlled. I want to be loving. Hello, you. Um, all these things. And one of them is joy. I want to pursue joy. We don't just do the right thing because, oh, I have to, it's the right thing. We do it because through obeying God, through reading his word, through spending time with him, we find there is more joy to be had in that than in not doing it. And so that's the, the challenge and the blessing I'd like to uh, give you guys this morning. Um, now, as we finish, I'm just going to pray and got my little bundle of joy. We're just talking about you. Yeah. Who's that? Should you pray? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God that is overflowing with joy. You're not um, a, a cold monad that simply exists, but Lord, you are full of life and love and joy. 
you're teeming with pleasure. And Lord, I pray that as we reflect this day on Jesus's walk to the cross, as we reflect on that excruciating pain that he went through, we would also think about the joy that he was pursuing in, in that. And Lord, we pray that he would be our model in obedience, in godliness, but also in his um, radical pursuit of joy. So these things we, we bring to you, Father, and just pray that you would do by your spirit. Amen.